your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope with host and mother of a recovering child with autism, Betsy Hicks. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Betsy and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Betsy Hicks. Welcome to our show today. I am so happy to have back the wonderful Rob Oker and talking about the seven abilities of empowerment. Today's show is on adaptability. And, and for those of you who don't know, Rob Oker is a middle school guidance counselor for the Lake Geneva, Wisconsin School District. He, as an educator, he has amazing passion. And he is um, contributing author of the original book, Indigo Children, by Lee Carroll and Jan Tober. He is working on his next series of books, one of them being The Seven Abilities of Empowerment, which is something that we've been having as a series here on this show. I'm hoping you've had an opportunity to listen to our overall show on this. We've also done specific shows on responsibility and respectability. Today's show is adaptability, and if you haven't listened to the others, there's no problem adapting to this show today because <laughs> we will have we'll be able to go into this very easily, and you can catch up on the other shows later because we're going to be talking about something that's um, important to a lot of children, especially on the spectrum of autism, especially to those dealing with Aspergers, and especially to the families of those who are having to kind of live in this very difficult-to-adapt world that is very foreign to them and not like necessarily their neighbors. Can you talk about adaptability, Rob? Yeah, sure. Well, well, it, it's great to be back here and to talk about this because I get real passionate about the seven abilities of empowerment. And to be empowered is really to use adaptability every day. And um, the ability is the power to do something. And when we're dealing with the seven abilities of empowerment, I really wanted to put this in as one of the abilities, adaptability, one of the seven abilities of empowerment, because it, it focuses on the ability to handle change. And, you know, I defined it as the ability to adapt to change and life choices using discernment and an inner guidance system. And we're talking about change here, and change is so constant. If there's one thing we know for sure, it's change. wait a minute and something will change right wait a minute wait a minute and something will change and uh so how we deal with that change and how we handle that change and how kids and families are adapting to that i really want to address here with the seven abilities of empowerment series of adaptability because i think it's very huge and you're dealing with kids with special needs you're dealing with adaptability moment by moment you're dealing with handling change and adapting to that child, that circumstance, moment by moment. But I want I want to talk about adaptability on the big paradigm here, on the on the big overview. Is I think that we are living in a unbelievable time of change. I mean, you don't have to look very far and know that we're changing in our educational systems, our political systems, our you know, our so our so social economic everything is changing. You know, and it and it should be, it should be, and but we're living in a 
change of consciousness that's happening. And I get real passionate because I believe the change is coming through the children. I believe that the ch- the children are bringing a change for the future and, and a hope for the future. And how we deal with that adaptability and that and change is what the seven of abilities of empowerment are all about. It's a shift of consciousness. It's uh, it's remembering and reusing the abilities that we hold within each of us to adapt to what's going to be happening on our planet and what is happening on our planet. We are dealing with things in the history of humanity that we've never dealt with before at such a fast rate. And the children are coming in and um, adapting quicker than the adults. Mm, <laughs> and I, I become that. the bridge builder and my passion and mission and life purpose is really to be that bridge builder and that paradigm pioneer to help people in education systems, to help people in family systems handle that change and adapt to that change, bridging the children with the with the parents and the parents with the children. So let's talk about some of those changing systems, those places where things are changing very quickly. And I think education is probably one of the fastest places where our children are having to deal with. Schools, schools, oh. uh, schools, schools, schools. You know, I'm so glad I'm not in school. <laughs> I see these kids, and I, I mean, really, I see what my daughter's going through, and it's just like, oh, I don't... I just don't think enough adults respect how difficult it is for these kids to have to adapt every day in these situations. It's very challenging right now to be in education, and I feel it's going to be one of the greatest times that we'll look back and say, we did that in education <laughs> in 2007. Oh, please adapt. Yes, and but the children are really reaching out and saying, come on, make these changes. Exactly. And when we're talking about schools, I believe the future of, of um, education is not going to be school-orientated. It's going to be learning communities. Learning communities where people are adapting with kids and the teachers and the educators are learning to adapt and learn just as well as the kids. And the kids are teaching the, the, the educators too. And they're all adapting and working in a learning community. Then I see a vision for that in the future where people are really going to learn to adapt because something has to change in the educational yeah, totally. systems. You know, I'm in it every day and I see the frustrations. I feel the frustrations from educators. Educators are burnt out. Teachers are exhausted. Teachers are being saying, we got to teach to the test. We got to do this. We got our standardized tests. We got all these other things. I just want to teach a child. I, do, I, I just want to do my job. And it's getting very hard to do our jobs as educators with all these other demands and all these other changes. But yet we have to adapt and try to do what's best for the child. And the system isn't working. The system is not working. And it's frustrating. And that's why we need people out there that are going to take a stand and say, hey, let's create that um, learning community. Let's create a place where kids can be educated in an environment that embraces their their abilities, embraces their skills, and doesn't just highlight on their memories, that looks at problem solving, that looks at creative thinking, that looks at imagination, that looks at these unbelievable qualities that make an authentic human being who they are. And there needs, there's going to be a shift. It's already happening, but um, the seven abilities of empowerment is my vehicle that I look at as one way of helping that system make a change and looking at the abilities and skills rather than just memory units. Okay, so how, how where do we go from there? All right, so, you know, we're adapting to the huge system in the school. Let's talk about, um, break it down to what can you do specifically as a parent 
um, in in uh, a school situation or in working with teachers. I think the biggest thing is the communication with the school people. You know, the the te- teachers, the counselors, the principals, all the um, educators are frustrated and burnt out too. And some of them are really out there doing some great things, but they need feedback from parents. And so I would open that communication right away, and I and I would really call up and sit down and talk to those administrators of how. And a lot of you out there are doing that. And I know Betsy, you're a super advocate for parents and also for your children about sitting down and communicating with the educators. In fact, you, know, you can over communicate so much, which is great because you advocate for your children. And I think educators will respect that. And I'm talking about personal contact. You know, I'm talking about really picking up the phone or going in and meeting them and seeing them face-to-face. You know, shoot an email here or there, yes, to keep that communication. But establish a relationship Mm -hmm. with that teacher. Establish a relationship with that counselor, with that person. And that relationship will build that whole adaptability in terms of helping the school system, in terms of helping the learning community. Okay. When we have to be advocates for our children, especially with those with special needs, um, we really can get lost in the anger of it instead of the solution of it. And that's where many of these parents that are dealing with IEPs constantly and trying to help their children, I feel that so many times the goals are set before there's any concept of how we could even achieve those goals. And goals are fine on paper, and IEPs are great on paper, but, but how are you going to get there? Mm-hmm. And, and it's frequently, and, and I, it's very hard to be respectful of their budgets, and yet wanting what's best for your child. Mm-hmm. So it does have to be a collaborative, event, a, a, a collaborative adaptable mm-hmm. to everybody involved, where mm-hmm. everybody has to adapt to what is best for the actual child. And that is very that is very frustrating because I don't think we're there, and I think some some places are better than others. But I think that um, there is not a collaboration really working at the state level, at the federal level, at the local level, and education. And until we really get there, until we really see what's best serving the needs of our kids, it's there's going to be this constant adapting. There's going to be this constant, it's going to be conflict. And out of, out of crisis comes opportunity. And I think there's going to be great opportunity for change, great opportunity for educators to do some unbelievable things and kids to do some great things with schools in the future. There's so much time, Rob, that is wasted on the inability to not adapt. I'm saying that a double negative there. <laughs> Sorry, i got to say that back. In other words, we could get to solutions so much quicker if all of us could be more adaptable. Right. But we have we we frequently get into this um, state of they're trying to take advantage of me, you know, they're mm-hmm. or they're 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 asking for more than we can give. They're being they're being silly about the situation, and instead of just kind of adapting to everybody's realm of thinking and really putting yourself in the other person's shoes. I mean, mm-hmm. it amazes me in some of the IPs that I've sat in and. Parents, people that are actual parents who are on on the school side, telling me things that I can't do for my son, and I'm thinking, how could you be a parent and feel that I wouldn't do everything I possibly can to help my son? Because mm-hmm. it it really it really is something that you need to adapt. And on the other hand, 
I, I understand they've got some financial restrictions. So I have to put myself into their shoes and say, okay, if I were working with this type of a budget, how can I make this adaptable? Right. So that that's a big a big thing. We um, we're going to need to take a break. I when we get back, let's t- something that's really big to me, Rob, is talking about eating and adaptability mm-hmm. to eating, mm-hmm. because the pickiness of the, the this uh, generation of children is really starting to scare me, and their inability to, to adapt to um, the, the, what's happening in our environment and our food. We we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll be back with Rob over talking about adaptability. Don't go away. Thanks for joining us. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical-free. And there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the fine gold program. Ask your doctor about Redizorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redizorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program, here's Betsy. We are back with Rob Over talking about the seven abilities of empowerment, and today's subject is adaptability. And we have been talking about the education system and how we have to adapt in there. Uh, next, we need to talk about something that's important to me, which is food and adapting to food. And um, Rob, i got to share a story uh, to you of, of, that I've re- really been telling a lot of people lately about picky eating. Yeah. Because I consider myself a very adaptable eater. I, As long as the food is relatively like healthy, in other words, I'm not going to... 
I don't want to go out and eat Twinkies or something like that. But as long as it's a whole food, I will eat just about anything. Um, and I, I like variety in food. I, I am very adaptable to mm-hmm. my food. Mm-hmm. So John and I, my husband and I, went to Thailand. And I was very excited for all of the different foods that I was going to get to adapt to and all sure, the things I was going to change. Sure. And we get there, and I w- started walking through the streets, and I started smelling things that I had never smelt before. And they weren't always that pleasant. And I started seeing things and looking at textures that I had never seen before. And I was starting to find myself getting a little panicky. Hmm. And then one place I saw, we, John and I went to a restaurant, and I saw a snake was on the menu. <laughs> and I thought, that is just very scary to me. And ap- ever since then, after that point, I went to a cooking class and learned a lot about how they use fish intestines in seasonings for things. And and so many things started really freaking me out that I found myself paranoid with every bite. What was I going to... It was... the Here's what it was. It wasn't a fear of taste anywhere near as much as it was a fear of texture. Hmm. And it was a fear of not knowing. And, you know, we say to our children all the time, well, you like fish. You know, like someone could say to me, but you like fish. Okay, yeah, I like fish when it's nice and flaky and, and falling off my fork. I'm not sure I like the actual inside guts of a fish. And and so we... we it's, it's, there's this kind of fine line for being respectful for our children, mm-hmm. for having this pickiness, but on the same hand, teaching them they need to adapt. They need to try different foods because the carbohydrate addictive processed food diet is killing them. It is mm-hmm. killing a generation. Mm-hmm. It is making a generation chronically ill, two generations right now chronically ill, and I'm very, very fearful for what's going to be happening to the children in the future if they keep living on these processed, boxed foods. Mm-hmm. Let's. Can you please address adaptability in food? Wow. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I, I, I love your story because you have such passion when it comes to eating and food and children and, and uh, adapting to to that you know the, you said something there the fear of not knowing yeah the fear of not knowing is really what keeps people from changing is really what holds back people from adapting to things so how do we break that paradigm and 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 embrace acceptance you know if if you come down to really handling the change and adapting is is the moment you accept something is the moment you adapt so Getting to that place of acceptance, getting to that point of um, overcoming that fear of not knowing was and trying something and accepting it, you move to that place of adaptability. And, you know, I mean, that's... It's got to be small steps. Right. I mean, and that, that's that's how I approach it with picky eating. Mm-hmm. When I have a parent you know, says to me, I can't get the kids. Well, you're, you're not going to ask them to eat a huge amount of something at any time. I always give the example of a worm because in China they eat worms. Right. And I think, what would it get for you to eat a worm? Right. And I'll, I'll ask that to parents because in many instances, those vegetables are every bit as scary as that worm is eating sure. to you. So what would it take? Well, I probably, if it was like pureed into something, like I probably would be able, if I didn't know, you know, <laughs> that might be a nice thing. Um, I probably would even be able to handle a teeny, minuscule, fingernail-sized bite of it. Sure. If 
if I had food around it to kind of disguise it, or if I had enough motivation. If I said, listen, you get this amazing piece of pizza or cheesecake or whatever it might be that, you know, obviously staying on diets, but you get that if you just take this minuscule, teeny little bite. And that, to me, is adaptability. Taking those teeny right. little bites, those teeny little steps. Baby steps. Baby Baby steps. So important. And you have to start somewhere and starting small. You know, even with my three-year-old daughter being the picky eater and trying to develop those eating habits, as I say, we try everything once. I don't like it. We try everything once. (laughs) Baby steps. So she has to at least try everything, whether it is, you know, from anything on her plate. But we try everything once. And I agree with you. It's, It's that baby steps. It's that taking that first step and overcoming that that fear of you can you can try it and try it you might like it right. you know <laughs> you never try it you never adapt you never know That's right. you know and, and it, sometimes it takes three four times oh, before yeah. they'll be able to find that adaptability but it, 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 like you said just trying a little bite you know if Ava just tries. It one time, twenty times. <laughs> that's a heck of a lot better than saying my child never eats vegetables. Right, right. You're starting Which I somewhere. Hear all the time. You're starting somewhere. Yeah, this is where you get me riled. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, it's like he, he can see me shifting in my chair and my the the hair standing behind my back because uh, uh, I I get very very frustrated with. Um, people's lack of willingness to even try to be adaptable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of segues into the next part of this, into um, these different uh, changing systems, which is the family dynamics. Right. And that is changing so rapidly with uh, two working parents, with um, you know kids that are coming home to, um, to take care of themselves, which is very, very common. And to there's not a lot of time even for homework. I mean, it's very, very hard for me on some days to come home at six o'clock or five between five thirty and six to get a nice, healthy dinner on the table, which is very important to me, and then to start in on the homework, which now can sometimes I mean even for my eleven year old can be hours and hours mm-hmm. worth of homework. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really tough for for parents and the and that to adapt. What do you recommend for that? Well, you know that that that's why we're doing the show because the 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 family of the twenty first century, like examples you mentioned, is it's just crazy. It's crazy making thinking of how do we get everything done and how do we have a family and how do we have our jobs and how do we go to schools and make it all work. And so you really have to come with a frame framework of really breaking down um, this again baby sets the simple things in the family and going back to really those those core adaptable things and those core adaptable uh, adaptable events are basically um, coming and slowing things down in the family and eating at, again we talked about it in many many times mm-hmm. eating a family meal Huge. and um, being together. And mm-hmm. eating together and being together and adapt and finding out about the day and breaking it down is I think with so much change and processing the change, children and families need a time or an event or a place where they can go and process that to adapt. Mm-hmm. And some people do it at a vacation, some people do it at church, some people do it at the family table, some people do it and you know and and you know doing something together as a family and i think families of the 21st century need to find that 
adaptable processing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, and even maybe think about so many families that aren't getting it because some adults are doing it at the bar. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're they need this kind of processing downtime, communication time, and they go up to the bar. And, and I think that's I I think of that because of the fact that in in my house. We redesigned a kitchen, and I made sure and had an eat-in area in my kitchen because I spend so much time cooking that I wanted to have my kids to be able to kind of pull up to the bar and sit and talk to me while at least I'm cooking so that we can get two things accomplished at the same time. Um, and I do urge a lot of parents to, if they don't have an eat-in kitchen, to have bring a chair in there. Let That's their great. children sit. They don't have to help. Just to let them come down, tell you about their day because... There's not a lot of hours left. When you get home and then you have to do dinner and then you have to clean up and then you have to do homework, it's like when do you have an opportunity to really communicate? So that sounds like it's your adaptability center in your house. That it probably and is. and that's great because you're you know, and I and I've been in that that house is that that's where the energy happens. That's where the processing happens. Mm. That's where people are really communicating, adapting, processing, and handling all the changes that are happening to them. Because the changes that are happening to them, basically energy is happening to us, whether it's at school, energy happening at work, energy is happening with your children. And then again, you come to that place and you all can come and communicate and adapt to what's going on in your lives as a family. Can we address the television here? Because this is a really important thing. And this is something that... Both my husband now and our in our last marriages, we both had spouses that watched a lot of television and liked the television on. And when we decided to come together, we decided no television in our main family room anymore because we realized how much it distracts from family time. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so many people just have it on as background noise and they don't realize how that shifts the energy in the home. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you feel? Oh yeah, yeah you know that- the as you know the whole TV thing. We've addressed this on other shows, but it's you know it, it's a mind control. It's an energy system in your house that is either, either going to give you a frequency of fear, a frequency of um, something coming out of the TV that is going to take energy from your di- family dynamic. Yeah. And the yeah, fear is big. Right, that right. TV is constantly throwing fear at us, even if it's not, mm-hmm. if it's not in the show itself, it's in the commercials. You know, and I'll give you an example. Of, we've heard about this before, but you know, the news. You know, it, the news can be very helpful, but ninety percent of it is a frequency of fear. This is going to happen, and this happened there. Oh my right. God! Worry about that. Worry about this. It's and then people, some people just live having that in the background, and then starting their day. In that free fear oh, frequency, won't do it. I won't do it. It drives me crazy. And I, how are children handling that? How are children yeah. adapting to that? How are children really knowing what to do and what not to do when they have that, you know, coming into their systems? And we're going to get into that again. That's then they have to try to find out how to adapt to inner guidance system about what's right or wrong and make sense of that crazy making stuff. They have enough things to be afraid about. We don't need to induce more. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back with Rob Over talking today about adaptability. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPB-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. ReadyZorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical free. And there's no sodium benzoate in ReadySorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about ReadySorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.redisorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. Living Your Power with host and intuitive counselor Diane Brandon breaks down the old traditions of taking what life gives you. Living Your Power teaches you how to have a life of success, happiness, and fulfillment. How to live your power, feeling vibrant and confident. Tune in Tuesdays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern to Living Your Power on Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back today with Rob Oker talking about adaptability and with the seven abilities of empowerment. Today's subject is adaptability. And we've just been talking about television and, and the use of television in the household and how so much of it creates fear. And boy, I'll tell you, Rob, my biggest thing of not being able to watch television is all the drug commercials. I just, <laughs> that's when I just totally gave up, gave up television for, for, for good. Um, but so I got to tell a story, a Christmas story for you. Story day here, <laughs> um, and this is uh, my my daughters had wanted the Wii system, the Nintendo Wii system for Christmas. That's and the hottest system out there right is. now. It is. I I got on it real quickly, early in the early in the year to get Be, that baby. But before you just tell the story, is let's preface here about it's a system here, and the system works through the TV. Yes, and because the system works through the TV with adaptability, let's talk about positive ways because. 
majority of us have a television. Yes. And majority of us are using that television. How can we use that television in a positive way to create that adaptability center to process and handle and deal with family dynamics of the 21st century? And Excellent. I love this story. So, so we... Um we knew if we were going to get this, we we actually had to get a television. Yeah, all right. <laughs> which was a piece, which is which was a scary piece to me. It was almost a panicky piece. Like, what is this TV going to do to our family? Right. So they do have a television upstairs in the kids' room that's you know smaller that goes to the Dish Network. And I said, well, this one's not going to be connected to the Dish. So we bought them a, a big screen TV. And we bought the Swiss system. And they were shocked. They were just completely shocked that mom would buy a television. (laughs) (laughs) So so we we put it in and we we opened it up and um, got it it all running and going. And I said to them, I said, I want you to know we are not going to connect this to your television shows. This is for something else. This is for um, different uses, but it's not going to be for you to come down here and watch all your TV shows. So, so you set some boundaries and some guidelines. Yes. And that TV, that we entertainment system, then became part of a family um, habit for yes. thing. Yes. So you, those guidelines and those rules then are producing a family dynamic that's positive about handling adaptability. This is awesome. Go on. Yeah, so so the, the present came from Santa to all of us. Right. So I didn't want anybody saying it was theirs. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Santa. <laughs> and um, so we we open up and we get it going. Well, I have been excited about this since I heard about it because to me the thing I hated about video games is them sitting down and just moving their thumbs for four hours at a time. Right. No movement. No no right. physical. Get moving physically. So the Wii is very different. I mean, we were immediately we were we were boxing. We were playing golf together. We were playing tennis together, and we were all moving around and we were laughing harder than we had laughed in a long time. Here's what it is. It's so funny. John and I, you know, we, we see a lot of wonderful energy healers, and time and time again they say to me, Betsy, you need to learn how to play. And I would be like, I don't know how to play. And this was something I could play with because I was accomplishing so many things. I was getting exercise. I was spending time with my kids. I was making my kids laugh. I was... I was laughing, and we had just one of the best Christmas Eves of our lives just because of this. In fact, on Christmas Day, when it was came down to me making this big, huge dinner that I was going to make, I basically put the leg of lamb in the oven, pulled it out, cut it up, and said, everybody fed <laughs> for themselves, and we all ran <laughs> to the Wii. And it wasn't as if we were totally getting rid of it, but it, we were breaking, and we were becoming adaptable as a family for a time. My daughter who has never really had an opportunity to play with me because I've always been so serious about so many things in a household. We were singing karaoke and laughing so hard we were crying. And it was one of the best memories I'll ever have. So so we did take that television and we did adapt it to something that I could handle. I wasn't feeling threatened by is probably mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. I, I, I highly recommend the system. <laughs> And you mentioned something in your story that really struck with me, and you tar- we talk about techniques and tools of how to adapt and how to handle change. And the play, the, the element of play mm-hmm. is so powerful because when you are in play, you are using your authentic self. When you are in play, you are actually connecting to that heart space with, your, with children because children do it, do it naturally. And, and as oh, we become yeah. older, we really lose that connection. And I call it the play gate. There, there is a, a dimensional 
there's a dimensional dance that happens when you're in the element of play with children. And it opens up so many, so much, not only endorphins releasing in your brain, in your body, not only that whole authentic feeling of you feeling you, who you are, your best, but it opens up that dimensional dance with your, with your children. And it, and it really, it really is a key to handling and overcoming the, all the changes and stresses that deal in our lives. Oh, it, it is. That, that's great. I, I, I'm, I'm, I learned a lot from this whole experience, and, I, and um, I, I'm feeling better about my parenting today because of, well, a lot of what you've taught me, Rob, in general, and play has always been one of them. So can we talk, let's, let's move on from um, okay. adapting some of these changing systems. Okay, we talked about the, the big concept of adapting and changing to a lot of these systems from education, from wellness and the eating concept to the whole family system. And now I, I really want to get in talking to, well, how can kids adapt to all of this information coming into them? I mean, it's information overload. The type of information kids have to deal with today and the choices that they have to make, it's overload for anyone. But for a child's central nervous system, it's, you know, it's it's kind of like shutdown. The computer is shutting down. And how are they shutting down? They're, they're, they're either overeating <laughs> yeah. or they're, they're either acting out behaviorally, stressing out, or they're um, um, being hyperactive. Mm-hmm. And so these children that I'm working with that I'm seeing are trying to adapt to this change and trying to adapt to all this information and this frequency of fear coming in and it's really become confusing for them. And so when I want to deal with the seven abilities of empowerment, I really want to talk about adaptability for children as developing an inner guidance system, developing a system inside themselves that they know how to deal with change happening to them whether it's right or wrong whether something coming to them is okay this is real and this is fancy let me give you an example about that you know i do a lot of kids that come to my office and um are very angry and very confused and they act out and they may you know talk about you know hurting or killing or shooting and you hear about it all in the news and there are children out there yeah because their systems are overloaded and they haven't learned adaptability they haven't learned the ability and skill to have an inner guidance system to say hey this is really not real i played video games and shot up this guy 50,000 times and if I take a gun and shoot them it would be like the video game and sometimes in their mind they don't have that discernment they don't have that ability to discern whether or not this is fantasy and this is real so getting kids to deal with that inner discernment that inner guidance system is huge because it helps them process through these situations when they're dealing with so much stress. This is really big in Asperger's syndrome. Yes. And, and, and autism, for the verbal end of autism, is really having a very, very hard time processing this. Uh, so how do you teach a child this? Okay. Again, you were talking about moral development, and we're talking about different things, but let us I, I want to break it down simple, simply. And when you t- I'm talking about teens now, teenager because developmentally it's different at every age level. And of course, this should all be starting early, 
early from, I mean, the moment a baby is born and then really developing that whole inner guidance system. And it's all within us. It's just awaking that ability, awaking that adaptability. And, of course, there are some, you know, cases where you're just going to have the 1% or 2% that are, you know, that are the psychotic type of situations. But children need to process information. Human beings need to process information so we can handle that. Well, let's take down our, our and break down our bodies and our cells. Our bodies and our cells with this all information need to um, be able to balance that information and um, be able to download good information so we can have our systems work at their authentic self. Well, to do that, I think you really need to quiet your own system. You need to um, reboot the system and also shut it off for yeah. a little time. And what I mean by shut it off is don't take in all that frequency of other events happening coming in. So I tell children to, and I tell people to, you got to be in silence. You know, silence speaks so much. In fact, I even, I'm so hungry for that in my own life right now because I've been doing so much with so many people around the holidays and around events that the quiet alone time, and if you don't go within, you go without. But children really need to know how to go within and listen to that inner guidance system. Rob, we got to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll talk more about this. We'll be right back with Rob Oker on Adaptability. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Readysorb Glutathione is proud to support the Betsy Hicks radio program. Glutathione is essential for human health. It protects cells from oxidative stress and supports the body's removal of toxins. It enhances immune function. Glutathione is one of the body's ways of detoxifying itself. It protects our DNA. Glutathione is one of the most effective free radical scavengers. Autistic children are predisposed to low glutathione, which prevents them from detoxifying normally. Readysorb Liposomal Glutathione is an oral dietary supplement that was formulated by a physician for his own patients. Each teaspoon contains over 400 milligrams of glutathione. The ingredients are pure and chemical free. And there's no sodium benzoate in Readysorb Glutathione. It's approved for use on the Fine Gold program. Ask your doctor about Readysorb Liposomal Glutathione and read more about us at www.readysorb.com. That's R-E-A-D-I-S-O-R-B dot com. Are you a wildfire survivor? Do you need help but don't know where to turn? SoCalHelp.org is a place you can go to get immediate help with food, shelter, important medications, and start getting your life back on track. Get help now with insurance, legal issues, and find professional help like doctors and counselors. You can also connect with other survivors and people who can help. For the answers and support you need to rebuild, Visit SoCalHelp.org. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE-TODAY. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Betsy. We are back with Rob Oker talking about the seven abilities of empowerment. Today's show is on adaptability. And you were just talking about that inner guidance system. Can you explain what that inner guidance system is? That inner guidance system is that space within inside of them where their spirit is speaking to them and telling them to trust what they naturally know, what trust what they can do. And children need to connect and I really wish children would learn to connect to do this and they and they can be taught to do this through breathing meditation calming the body getting into that heart space that state of coherence getting into that state which allows them to slow their body down slow their mind down and listen to what's happening with inside their bodies and their hearts and their spirits yeah yeah so specifically, I would really have them do some quiet time. Okay, what I mean by quiet time is some deep breathing. If it's if it's so if it's hard to do all kinds of deep breathing, just start breathing in and breathing out ten times, real deep, with no radio, no TV, no other controls. Outdoors would be the best way to do it because when you're outdoors, you're getting natural radiant light sunlight and sunlight reboots the system sunlight helps yeah. process the human body it rebuilds and it reboots the whole body being outdoors is so good get outside we've mentioned this go outside for walks go outside to do things and when you can get outside you're doing more than just saying oh i'm getting fresh air you're actually rebooting that inner system that allows you to listen to nature and allows you to connect and really work on developing that inner guidance system and then quiet, sit and quiet and just listen. And some people say, well, I'm bored. <laughs> well, what's going on is that they, 
if you really, I get kids in their imagination, and I go, okay, we're just going to pretend, and we're going to go in our imaginations and and walk through them and, through a guided type of imaginational journey, and whoa, that that can take off wonderful. But then they're quiet, and then they really go within, and they go through that journey, and when through that journey, they really start to identify with who they are, and then there's a lesson in there. In in their journey that they were on, they came to a fork in the road and they had to make a choice. And the choice was to know what was real and true and genuine with, with their system or to go with a choice with somebody else wanted them to control them with fear. And a lot of times the kids will make the choice when they know how to handle that choice that they could go to that place, that space inside of them when they're coming up with all the stress and say, okay, use your inner guidance system. What is your, what is your inner guidance, inter guidance system telling you right now? It's telling me not to do it. Hello. So, therefore, don't make that choice. Make the choice to do something that's going to empower you. Rob, what is it we need to say to our children? What, what are the words to, to teach them about discernment? I think the biggest thing is is if there's change happening in there, an event in their life where they know that if it's right or wrong, ask them, did they do the right thing? Mm-hmm. Did they do the right thing, make the right choice into um, on that situation? And just getting them into that thinking, in that frame of mind, did I do the right thing? The right thing would be I'm making that decision based on my inner guidance system. I'm making that decision that's going to help me towards a frequency of love that makes me help myself and empower other people. Great. Okay. All right. I want to talk about family dynamic system and a de- developing change and dealing with change. And there's there there is in the family, and most families sometimes are... I want to just read this little um, thing about handling stress and handling change, and and it goes something like this. It's it's from an unknown author, but I, I really like how it states. If you can start the day without caffeine or pet pills, if you can be cheerful, ignoring aches and pains, if you can resist complaining and boring people about your troubles, if you can eat the same food and try new things and be grateful for it, if you can understand when loved ones are too busy to give you time, if you can overlook people taking things out on you when, through no fault of yours, something goes wrong, if you can take criticism, blame without resentment, if you can face the world without lies and deceit, if you can conquer tension without medical help, if you can relax without liquor, and if you can sleep without the aid of drugs and handle all of these changes, you probably are the family dog. <laughs> that is great. So there are certain family members that can deal with adaptability better than others. Oh, I think we need a little humor here, but the family dog deals with all those without thinking about them. And there's a lesson in that, too. It's like, wow. Yeah. Sometimes we get real serious about all these things. And oh, that's great. That's excellent. Okay, well, let's move on here and uh, talk about how to handle change. How can we as uh, parents and how can we as uh, human beings just deal in and some tips for how to handle change? Okay, good. All right. Well, change is, is, is constant. We know it happens all the time. And just like the family dog, let it flow. You know, let it go. Um, try not to resist it. As soon as you resist it and as soon as it starts coming, then it's the thinking that gets behind, you know, let it go. Today, in, it's a beautiful day and it's snowing. 
And hard. Uh, very hard. <laughs> We're getting lots of snow. And when the weather changes, people change, That's don't it. they? That's true. And I mean, guess Rob, what? Rob and I love this. But it's it, beautiful. It's yeah, been it's snowing for thousands and thousands of years, and it will probably snow for thousands of more years. But how you react and how you handle it really is how you adapt to the situation. That's a very good point because I do I. I love, you know, it's interesting, Rob, because I, I grew up in California where there were two seasons, basically. And I love having four seasons to adapt to as opposed to just the boring old two. It's so fun to have those transitions. And those transitions are very difficult, especially for those on the spectrum um, and that have to deal with those. But the, the transitions help us to become adaptable in every area of our life. So they're good. Okay, and just as we talked about tips to handling change is, you know, anticipation helps. Like you said, the fear of not knowing, you you know, was the one thing that really was hard for you to handle taking that first step. And anticipating that change and it can be happening around us and knowing that this may be coming and having a sense that this change is happening. Weather forecasters love that. Oh, Oh, we're going to get three to five inches. (laughs) Now we're getting four to eight. Oh, just the dusting. It turns to be ten inches. So, but the anticipating and being, Uh anticipating that change is really a good way to handle it coming and to deal with it coming. That's funny. You know, we, I, I always laugh at the Weather Channel because I think it's like there's never been a station that enjoys tra- <laughs> tragedy more than them. Because when mm-hmm. do you turn on the Weather Channel? Oh, when is something's coming. And, and it's so funny. And even on my phone, I get these, you know, weather beams. And, and, and it's like they love to say special alert. They, they love to alert people. And that's what news does in general is, is those just trying to keep people kind of on their toes and just instead of saying well you know i've lived through snow before i'm going to live through snow again it'll be okay instead of all of the hubbubaloo about getting mm-hmm. us frightened for it mm-hmm. and it's the only job that i know that you can be wrong and just keep your job the next day <laughs> isn't that true <laughs> one of the only jobs okay so we got tips for handling change okay another one that um is not only anticipating the change but Plan, um, plan for the change. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, we're getting a lot of snow. You know, today I brought boots and I brought all kinds of gear with me, and I brought and I plan for when I get out of here. I've got to shovel myself out and scrape my windshield. I'm planning for that. So yeah. how do I adapt to that? Is you know, That's a good point. is um, planning for it, and, and people can learn to do that. And then um, overcome the fear of change. When we get stuck in a rut. And that fear overcomes our thinking, then we really take and do not adapt. And again, I mentioned acceptance and empathy are really the ingredients for overcoming that fear of change. Once you get to that point of acceptance, once you get to that point of being empathetic, of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, you start to embrace that change. You adapt to what's happening to the people around you, what's happening to the people in your energy system and also what's happening inside of you. Rob, as always, you have taught me so many wonderful things. I feel so selfish in these uh, our talks together because I learn so much and I grow so much as a person, so I want to thank you. To learn more about Rob Oker, you can go to his website, which is www.robertoker.com. Please give it a visit because there's so many things to learn and all of these shows will be archived on his website. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back with you next time. Thank you. Bye.
contact Betsy or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Betsy Hicks.